Take It to the House is brought to you by Mesa Trophies and Plaques. Now, take it to the house. I'm Vic Herbin, and I'm taking it to the house. And I'm Tim Hoover, and I'm taking it to the house. We want to say thank you, all you fans who have been loyal up to this point, and joining us in taking it to the house on a weekly basis. We have an exciting show for you this evening, and so we just want to just share with you. Sit down, have a seat with us. Let's talk. Let's wrap a little bit. Let's talk about the world. The World Series, Vic, the World Series. I think you said it best. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? I'm sorry if I stole your line, but are you not entertained? LA, Los Angelinos, we did it again. Yes, I'm entertained. Vic, let's talk about the World Series, brother. What, what's on your mind? For starters, I didn't sleep last night. I didn't sleep. <laughs> Because California knows how to party. <laughs> California knows how to party in the city of LA. Hey, yes, are you not entertained? I, 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 I'm pumped. I, you know, two weeks ago when the city of champions won with the Lakers, I felt a little reserved in celebration. I thought I could be gracious in victory, but then I got slaughtered by, you know, the haters saying right now that we're kind of biased. But if we look at it, this is national news. <laughs> LA is a city of champions. It's national news. We won in basketball. Now we won in baseball. So I'm going to gloat a little bit because the last time we won 
Two championships with two franchises in the same year? Yes, 1988, the Lakers and the Dodgers. So yes, California knows how to party. I feel like I was downtown LA last night partying, and I'm feeling it right now. So yeah, I'm feeling great. How are you feeling? I'm with you. I am with you 100%, brother. 32 years. You know what has happened in 32 years? 32 years has formed new, a couple of generations. We want to talk about new fans. I want to talk about the Tia's of the world, the Sanayas, the, the Kayla's, the Benji's of the world. New Dodger fans who weren't here in 88 when they won the series last time. So I want to celebrate to the old fans, the, the Billy Hoovers, the Jeff Hoovers, you, the Cynthia's, the Matthews, there's a whole host of fans. We're, we're here celebrating with you tonight. Congratulations to the Los Angeles Dodgers. Let's not let it be another 32 years. More numbers for you. Seven World Series championships by the, by the franchise. I was impressed with that. One, it tells you how hard it is to get there, to make it happen. And so for me, I'm a little bit greedy. I want it to happen again and again and again. But I have to also sit back and appreciate how hard it is to get to the dance. And not only that, we've been there three times in the last four years. So, wow. A couple more numbers for you. Kershaw, finally getting one. Three-time Cy Young Award winner, finally getting his. And I almost shed a tear last night because he finally got it. And I'm going to ask you later, and we can talk about it a little bit later, but did he get the monkey off his back? Did he excise his demons? Dave Roberts. Dave Roberts been with the, seat, the team five years, taking him to the dance, been to the dance, and some would criticize him. I was critical of him. But finally, last night, last night. And so one of the biggest things that I got from it is he's a black man. He's the only second black man to win the World Series championship. Only black, second black owner, excuse me, manager, excuse me. So I'm really, I'm really in awe. How about the number of one? Mookie Betts. I heard that he was the only black player in the World Series, which tells you about our state of the United States, where we only have one black. There were other blacks there, but black American. Okay, you hear what I'm saying? Not Afro American, black American in the World Series, which tell us tells us about uh, our minor league systems, our our youth leagues, which we can expound about, you know, at on another show. But awesome. 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 I, I, I speak of Mookie Betts. I speak of the Dodgers. I want to tip my hat to uh, the, the Rays, the Tampa Bay Rays, where I thought you guys did a, a superior job. Fantastic job. Uh, you battled. I think your pitching staff was much better than the Los Angeles Dodgers. But when it mattered most, the Dodgers really came through. The bullpen came through uh, to, to con- conclude with last night's game. Didn't want to give up no hits, no runs. I'm, I'm saying they just locked it down. So the MVP, to me, they, they, they crowned Corey Sager with the MVP. I got a bone of contention with that. I, I actually believe the MVP was, uh, I think his name is Dave Cash, the manager on the Tampa Bay Rays, <laughs> for pulling out their <laughs> starting pitcher. Their starting pitcher was going to town, twisting up, keeping our batters off balance last night. And we didn't do anything until that pitcher was pulled. But jokes aside, um, I don't think Sager, Sager deserves it, maybe, but Mookie, in my opinion, 
with his showing exhibiting that outstanding arm, defense, and speed on the base path. So he would get my 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 vote as the uh, the MVP. But I don't think they matter. I don't think they care who gets it. That was a nice Tahoe though for the MVP winner. But uh, just wanted to just a slow burn, slow spin, and say congratulations. Again, Florida, you guys got beat again. My brother was talking about uh, Miami Heat against the Los Angeles Lakers. And so this time, the other city in Florida, you take a hit. I'm sorry. L.A., we love the party. (laughs) What say you, my brother? There's there's a lot. I just wanted to dig in what you said earlier. You you are right. 32 years, it is a a long period of time, but – you do look at how the Dodgers attempted to win this championship. I didn't realize. I forgot all about Joe Torre. You talk about Joe Torre, a great manager who won quite a few championships with the with the Yankees. And he comes over to the Dodgers, couldn't deliver. Don Mattingly couldn't deliver. So, again, it's not that the Dodgers had not attempted, but the level of competition, again, within the last 32 years has been outstanding, but also to see how hard it is to win. And I'm very uh, pleased to see Dave Roberts close, get that monkey off his back. Because, again, we know that the timeline was ticking. We know despite them getting to uh, the championships uh, for the last few years, it's still because we are a greedy city uh, and we are starving for this championship that he probably was on the short rope. So to get this monkey off his back as well, to deliver that championship, again, I said it last week, I think he can write his ticket. Uh, I think we're now in a position for a dynasty because to pick up Mookie, again, to have the team we had since 2017 and continue to get to this point, but we could not close the deal. And we can talk about the Houston Astros all we want to, but at the end of the day, we did not win. Three times at the show, we did not win. But to make a significant pickup and, and getting Mookie bets. And now you having him with the Bellingers, the Justin Turners, the Seegers, and and now this team that can deliver. I I, I we I think that monkey had to get off the back of the team, also off of Kershaw because I think that may have been the demon that he needed to exercise that now can create an opportunity for us to build a dynasty. Now a dynasty doesn't mean we have to win the next three in a row, but within the next five years we can win two or three out of five years, something like that. But the blueprint is there. The foundation's there. The team is set. They've been tested. We got that championship DNA. And I'm really excited to see what can happen within the next few years. Mookie has 12 years on his contract. So just to see what can happen, I'm, I'm astounded. But to your point about Tampa Bay, I, 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 <laughs> we probably can give the uh, MVP to their coach. Blake Snell, a Cy Young winner. Only pitched 73 times, 73 throws last night, a two-hit shutout, nine strikeouts. Dude was chilling. So there comes a point where let's throw out analytics and start making the best baseball decision, the most common-sense decision. Look, when they said that they changed out the pitchers, Mookie Betts said, great, now let's play, because he had his number. So all this, well, they're going to face him the third time. That means, look, okay, give it a shot. At least let him give up a run, but a two-hit shutout. Look, I, I was I was last night. I said, "Wow, this guy got our number." So again, I we can give a co-MVP to their coach, 
Because I think that was just a bad baseball decision. Even watching the interviews last night from the Tampa Bay Rays, they're a little they're a little hurt by saying why would coach do that? And you know, and, and I like hearing them being. I mean, they're being honest. They're they're not questioning coach, but they sort of are questioning coach. Why would you take our Cy Young, our best ace, out? He was not getting rocked, and he was still throwing serious heat, like 95, 96 miles per hour. Still, so you know, you get to six innings almost, and then you still pull the guy based off some numbers. Uh, I could see him in a dugout seething, and even the post game, uh, his post game interview seething. I, I bad move to take him out. If I'm trying to get to the seventh game of this World Series, I'm riding my ace until the wheels literally fall off. At least let them give up a run because they gave up runs anyways. So, I again, thank you. I called the game at six. So to get there to six, I didn't need to see the seven for me to feel uh, that we won our championship. I need that. So, again, awesome series. Uh, it, it definitely uh, it's great to be winners. I am um, uh, thinking about what you're saying with the pulling of the picture. I, I was looking at the interviews as well, and I call it uh, paralysis by analysis. You know, at some point in time, you really just have to see what's going on right here in front of you, which is analysis. What's your gut saying? What's he doing right now? The doctors couldn't do anything against Blake Snell, weren't able to do anything. Again, they were twisted up, couldn't couldn't do anything, couldn't get base runners on. They're off balance. And and so. Who was the announcer last night? Uh, he was he was he was calling it. He was saying that the coaches over there is sitting on this, all this information and all this data. And he wants to move. He wants to move quickly on this. And um, and he did. And I just thought it was just the wrong move, the bad move at the time. And so in the interviews, like to your point, uh, yeah, they were all. Yeah, that's coach's decision. The player Snell didn't want to come out. He was somewhat uh, taken aback, really, when the coach was even walking out to to take him out. And so I think that really just uh, surprised everyone. No one really supported it, but they won't say it openly. But body language speaks a lot. And they didn't do anything else after that move, really, uh, from a hitting standpoint or a productive standpoint as, as a team. So it shook him, uh, and maybe he's shaking his head t- today, but he'll always be crit- criticized for that move, uh, and it'll be an infamous move for the rest of their their living days. You know, So history will mark it down as would you have, should they have, and in retrospect, you know, we can all do that and say they probably shouldn't have. So... Um, I think a black eye uh, last night, even though we wanted to celebrate uh, to hear Justin Turner coming down with COVID and then they want to pull him in the middle of the game. And so the first thing I thought about was you, Dr. Herbert, uh, uh, talking about organizational leadership, protocol, things being in place. Uh, I thought it was a black eye. We're here to celebrate, to hear that and then to see that in this moment of celebration and to hear that, uh, first of all, uh, for those who have COVID, those who have been in contact with those with COVID, those who are suffering from it, I, I wanna say um, my prayers are with you. May God continue to heal you in a special way. But last night we're talking about the World Series. Uh, I just thought it was a bad move, a black guy in a moment of celebration. And then he comes out, he comes out. At first I was thinking, Wow, that sucks. You got it and you can't celebrate. And then he's out there without a mask celebrating. And so I'm like, oh, Lord, what is going on here? 
And so in this moment, a celebration where sports can take our minds off of the world and politics and, and things that are going on in our personal lives, it's a distraction. Here it is right in front of us in a moment when we should be distracted. And so I just wanted to get your take on that whole Justin Turner. One, the information, how they got it, what they did about it when they got the information and their uh, activity or lack of activity, you know, going forward or his even his response to the celebration and everything. So what are your thoughts about the Justin Turner uh, COVID response? Quite interesting. Considering the sixth inning, he, you know, had a great hit, uh, took it to the warning tracks. And they're saying by the eighth inning, he's pulled because somehow they have received information that he tested positive. But if they're testing every day and word and the reports are that there is an inconclusive test from the day prior. So why did you even start? If you don't have a conclusive test before the first pitch, then you shouldn't have started. You shouldn't have played. Only for them to come back and say, well, the lab now has reports of he's positive. And you play two and a half, two and a half hours of baseball. You, 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 you've been at the stadium an hour or two hours prior to the first pitch, been around your players. And the league office did not know or they had an inconclusive test. And now you're going to pull them at the, come on. He shouldn't even been on the field. No one should be on the field unless you have a test, point blank. That should be part of a battle rhythm, a course of action analysis. All right, what's the parameters, protocol? Everyone's going to play tomorrow morning. Needs to make sure they have their test in no later than 8 o'clock. If there's no 8 o'clock, if it's a, a, an inconclusive reading or what have you, then they will sit until a conclusive reading here. So there's no read. So now that's already a failure in – Adhering to the standards, whatever those the body of, 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 of guidelines that they've established. And then you play the game. And then in the middle of the game, you're saying, uh oh, we have an issue. I can't imagine that phone call. Hey, we finally got results. Oh, the results from last night's test. Yeah. And uh, it's positive. So what do you want me to do? Uh, we need to tell him to get out the dugout right now in the eighth inning of a game that they still are in the hunt that they could lose or win. Right now, you want me? Yes. So again, that was debauchery. That was a a failure across the board, a public health failure. Because again, we do not understand or know any of these other players' underlying symptoms and conditions. So let's take the thing seriously. Let's take it seriously. And again, the MLB has done the best they can to create in this bubble. But here you are on the grand stage. And he had interacted with everyone throughout. And then afterwards, they placed him into a quarantine spot inside the stadium. What is the parameters again to say, all right, you all won. You want to go out there? Sure, I do. Does he violent? Does, does he does he vehemently oppose the, the standards that are in place? Oh, these standards are optional. Do I have a decision? Or or is this really public health? And again, I don't want to take away the fact that yes, he's a free agent. You do want to celebrate with your players, but again. He's out there taking photos without a mask on. You know you're COVID positive. Your teammates know you're COVID positive. I, 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 it is a bad look. Again, it takes away the celebration. I, my heart goes out to him. But what is the right thing to do in that situation? It was definitely, let's, we have protocols in place. Let's sit here. Because it easily could have got to a point where they would have said, hey, let's just cancel the game. Now, that would have been horrible. Right, right. Yeah, good take, good take. I, I'm... 
again, taken aback about the whole thing. Yeah, we're celebrating. We're celebrating. Thank you, uh, Los Angeles Dodgers, for the World Series. Thank you for your hard work. Thank you, Dave Roberts, uh, for, you know, staying the course. And I believe in you and believing in your personnel. Uh, you're such a loyal loyalist to the the King, uh, the Jansons and to the uh, the Kershaws, and yet you didn't use either of them last night, and you just stuck to your guns. You went to the bullpen, so congratulations. But I believe uh, the league office, um, you failed. You failed the players. You failed me as a fan last night um, uh, with that debauchery of a, 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 a positive or possible positive coronavirus case that's ha happening real time and you weren't prepared. So you weren't prepared. And so as a result, I can talk about it because it looked like you were not prepared for it. And so um, you gotta do better. You gotta do better. And now with him coming out to celebrate, there were kids out there, there were wives out there, there were non-players, let's call them uh, 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 dependents who weren't out there that are not active players. And so you're now they're going to their communities. They're, they're going back home. Uh, they're going to get on an airplane flight. So we don't know how many people were affected. We don't know the impact of this. And so I don't believe to your point, Vic, it was taken seriously enough. And I can understand as a player, he wanted to be out there with his teammates. I get it. I get it. But this is too serious. COVID is too serious. And so uh, Justin Turner, I, I, I I point the finger at you too, because what I heard is that you were pretty violent or you wouldn't, you were pretty adamant about getting out there with your team. I get it. I understand it. But this is more important even than the World Series, um, which is your health and the lives of, of others. Yeah, I agree. So switching gears real quick. So NFL, uh, a lot is happening. They're starting to shape up. I know last week we talked about Tennessee Titans and they played the, the Steelers. Has your power rankings changed at all when looking at who you think is the top of the AFC, top of the NFC, as far as Super Bowl? Very good question. So our talk last night, uh, last week, excuse me, we were talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers. They had to play the Titans, and so I thought the Titans were that kind of a team. Well, I got a little humble pie last week. Uh, the Steelers really put it on them. Good game, uh, and, and they were going a little bit back and forth, and so good game. Uh, yes, the power rankings have changed significantly. Um, so so I, I think Kansas City, Steelers are undefeated. So they have to be in the top one or two. They have to be mentioned. And then I, I still believe in Baltimore somewhat because when you have a defense like that and when you've got an outstanding quarterback in, in Lamar, he still has to show a little more growth. I still mention them. So that would be my top three. It would be KC, Pittsburgh, and, and Baltimore with the Titans probably being number four out of the AFC. And then I mentioned uh, we kind of agreed on the NFC, didn't we, or did we not? I can't remember. I but, had, I but, had I, but Bay. You had Yes, I changed my mind on that too. You, <laughs> you, I, think, I think so kudos to you and your foresight. I, I would say Tampa Bay, the way they beat up on Green Bay and the way they're, they're managing themselves right now, the way they're playing, the execution, both, both on offense, defense, and then the, the other side is their special team. So uh, Tampa Bay and Tom Brady, they will be a force to be reckoned with. Yes, sir. Your, your changes, have you made a decision uh, or you're still silent? 
I'm still right there. So the Chiefs reloaded. They picked up Le'Veon Bell. So that's already yes. scary. But I, but, I, but I do like watching this arms race. So the Chiefs are still number one. Hey, to me, Baltimore's still number two. They are the defending champs of the AFC North. Even though Pittsburgh is undefeated, next week is another telltale game for both of these teams as they play each other on the 1st of November. That's going to be bloody Sunday. Pittsburgh Steelers versus the Baltimore Ravens. That is our that that is the game. So that that again could shift the power rankings. But Baltimore has reloaded as well. They did pick up Des Bryant for, for that could be a new uh, offensive weapon. But Yannick uh, Yannick Ngwake, uh, that dude is a beast. Him opposite Calais Campbell on the line. That's something that we needed as far as the front four being able to press put pressure on quarterbacks without blitzing. That right there, them two together, because they're together in Jacksonville, and they wrecked havoc. And, again, I look at this arms race. So to have that as they upload and they reload to get ready for Tampa, uh, excuse me, for uh, the Chiefs, this will be timely to have that, uh, that, that, front, that front four line to go against Pittsburgh. So I still have those, uh, still the Chiefs, followed by the Ravens, and then Steelers. And then in the NFC, oh, yeah, hands down, Tampa Bay. They gave the business to the Raiders last week. So I'm excited to see how Tampa and Gronk continue to merge. I mean, they have been building their, their chemistry again. And not only that, Tampa Bay reloaded. Say what you want. They picked up Antonio Brown. Hey, yes. that is a weapon that that you add with the other weapons Tom Brady has out there in Tampa Bay. It's scary. It's scary. And looking down the stretch, Tampa Bay has to play the Saints. The Rams and the Chiefs, those are the three hardest games they got in the next six weeks. Hey, again, Tampa Bay and Tom Brady has been tested, and he's been going against some of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. So they still stand as my number one in the NFC. Don't forget that sneaky pickup that they had was Leonard Fournette, you know, who's been a little bit on the uh, achy. So he's still, uh, let's call it an ace in the hole for Tampa Bay. They do have weapons, man. Uh, all the way around offensively and defensively. They got the number one defense in the NFL, if I'm not mistaken. So they're if they're not number one, they should be number one based on some of the scores and things that I've seen. So uh, I wanted to ask you, though, because we were talking about Tampa Bay and Tom Brady. And then on the other side, you want we, we see where he came from, which is the, uh, the Patriots. And so uh, who won that divorce? Bill Belichick, Tom Brady, Tampa Bay? Patriots, who who won that divorce based on, can you base it on results? Can you base it on uh, standings? Or can you just say, what, what is your opinion on Tom Brady and his move and the impact? I look at body of work. Tom Brady, he left a system. And a lot of people looked at Tom Brady, oh, he's a system quarterback. It's because Josh McDaniels. It's because Bill Belichick. And there's always a debate. Who is it? Who is it? Does Tom need Bill more? Does Bill need Tom more? Well, Tom has shown I can leave without a legitimate offseason, and I can still perform. He's learning a new system, new language. He's got toys to play with, and they're in first place in their division, and he's been tested every week. They're five and two. And again, they had three big games coming up between the Saints, the Rams, and Chiefs. And I think that legitimized what Tom has been able to do. Meanwhile, you look at where he left. Yes. They picked up a reputable quarterback, a starting quarterback, an MVP. Is Cam 
having setbacks from his injuries? Is he having a challenge learning the system? But again, you would think that you just got to plug in a quarterback. Hey, Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels have already shown this plug and play, plug and play. That's how they've always been able to uh, show their worth of the Patriot system. Right now, they're looking up. How often are they looking up in the AFC East? To who? The Bills? And maybe even Miami? The only thing worse would be if they're looking up to the Jets. And that's going to be pretty hard to do. So right now, it looks like Tom Brady has won that divorce. And I don't know what's happening with the Patriots. Because, again, they defensively, they've still got the same team. They didn't lose, they didn't lose a key person on defense. So right now, for them to bench Cam Newton last week, that shows a lot. I, I, I'm a fan of Cam. One, he's a black quarterback, and I really want his success. And I do not want people giving, uh, oh, well, he had a bad arm. I don't want that. I don't want that narrative for him. So if he's not healthy, let it be known. But if he is healthy, he needs to perform. So right now, to answer your question, uh, Tom is winning that. I agree. I agree 100%. He left a crater in uh, New England when he left. He left a crater. Uh, and I thought uh, he had a rocky start with the uh, Tampa Bay, just just on performance and interceptions and pick sixes. But he seemed to be finding a groove, finding his stride. And so uh, and 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 uh, Tampa Bay is looking very, very good. So even though the Rays lost last night in the World Series, Tampa, you still have something else to celebrate, to look forward to, because I believe Tom Brady can be uh, that person that will march that city to victory if he continues on this particular course. But there will be a major test coming up in the next few weeks, as you're talking about with New Orleans and the Rams. And who else? There was another team that you mentioned, but Chiefs. we're getting ready. The Chiefs, there you go. We're getting ready to wrap up. And so there's a couple of things I just wanted to bring to the, the table. We got the Olympics that are coming up next year. COVID actually scrubbed the Olympics this year. Uh, Tokyo will be hosting and it'll be in July of next year. And, and so, I don't know. Uh, just wanted to share with you. We're not always baseball, basketball and football. The Olympics are coming up as well. So just want to put that on your radar also. And then um, the draft, the NBA draft is coming up. And I just wanted to just ask you, did you have any anybody in mind? Because in my mind, when the NCAA closed down uh, and shut down because of COVID, nobody stood out. And so I don't know what if you had any thoughts about the NBA draft, but that's coming up in November, I believe the 18th as well. Uh, do the Lakers have a need? Let you close it out, sir, with that. To your point, I lost complete track of NBA, uh, NCAA. And so you're right. As the draft is coming up, it's like, well, who's there? And so I'm trying to follow and, and, and really capture because last year we know Zion was coming out. We had quite a few new players coming out. With with COVID hitting in the middle of March Madness, and that's a lot of times where NBA uh, NBA potentials or NCAA stars really start standing out. I'd really be interested in even how they are marketing themselves. How have they stood out? Because the body of work is, is was truncated, and now you're looking at uh, you know a start again a draft to happen in November. So it, it will be interesting. And not in that, not even starting in November. Then we're starting. When is the season starting? And I think that's something we can definitely talk about next week. I'm excited to see because. Again, some teams in the NBA stopped playing in March and some stopped playing in October. And word is that they may start in December, January, I don't know. So I think that's something I can't wait to take to the huddle next week as we start really identifying what is happening. 
Want to, want you fans to follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook. We have more than one way to reach us, reach out to us, talk to us. Let us know what's going on as we take it to the house with you. Hey, looking forward to hearing from you all, fans. Thank you all for tuning in. Please take it to the house. Got one week left to vote. Make sure you exercise your constitutional right. Thanks again. See you all next week. Taking it to the house.